0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 1st, 2022. I've never really done like a April 1st, like an April Fool's kind of thing, and I thought about it this morning. I was like, I should I should do a video on YouTube saying, hey, I'm not doing YouTube anymore, and they'd be like, site, April Fool, but no, nah, I didn't do it. Anyway, let's get into the word. So listen, I hope you've been enjoying this. We've been, uh, we're a couple of weeks away now from Resurrection Sunday morning, and uh, as we're studying, uh, leading up to the resurrection of Jesus, I already covered like the Everything Jesus went through on the road to the resurrection, everything Jesus went through on the road to the cross, now where I'm flowing in this vein, where I'm trying to help you understand what the importance of the cross, right? And all the things that once Jesus died and he was resurrected from the dead, how that changed everything, We're no longer under the old covenant we're under a new covenant. And this is a new and everlasting covenant. And I'm taking my time with this because a lot of times people just don't get it the first time or the second time or the seventh time, right? <laughs> so you know me, I teach and I'm going to take my time. But anyway, I'm flowing this in this vein. This is really important what I'm about to teach today. So I want you to open up your heart to receive the word. <music> So let's get into the word for the, this morning. The title of today's message is Comparing and Contrasting the Old and New Covenants. I think this was really important, right? Understanding the importance of the cross, understanding the death, burial, resurrection. I think these are like foundational truths for Christians. Uh, but unfortunately, some people haven't taught it. And so like, if you missed yesterday's message or the messages this week, uh, you should probably go back and watch those. Go to youtube.com forward slash Rick and check those out or or get it in the podcast, you know. So anyway, you should watch that because I've been building the case, right? Showing you line after line, line after line, precept after precept, really showing you from scripture the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And I'm going to continue to flow in that same vein today. Yesterday, we looked at Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. I want us to continue in Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read a few more verses and then I'm going to give you a bunch of quick thoughts Uh, for this Friday morning. So Galatians chapter three, verses 21 and 22. This is from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, this is the apostle Paul. He has a question. He says, well, he's he's teaching the, the believers in Galatia. This church was made up of primarily Jewish converts to Christianity. And so these were people who were Jews and are now Christians. And they're debating, they're really struggling with, well, you know what? What from the the law, the old covenant? What are we supposed to keep now? Uh, now that there's a new covenant, what what should we carry over, and what should we not carry over? And then they were they were getting people in their church that were never Jews in the first place, and so they were not comfortable with the fact that hey, you guys were not raised like we were raised. Um, there are some things that we did as kids that you guys didn't do as kids, and and now Gentiles can can come to God, that's kind of weird, like for them, right? They're like, man, before it was only Israelites and now it's everybody. And so you guys are with us and I guess we're with you, but there's some of this that you you have to like adopt, you know, some of these ways that you know you missed out. You weren't circumcised when you were a child. You didn't do this. You didn't so you need to do this. And the apostle Paul is like, what are y'all talking about? Like I mean, why are you trying to put old covenant law on people that the old covenant law was never even written for them in the first place. Why are you trying to put performance-based religion on people when I just told you that you've been delivered from it and Jesus died for you and he became a curse for you? And so the apostle Paul, if you read the whole letter of Galatians uh, uh, from the apostle Paul to the believers in Galatia, it's powerful. I mean, there even comes a point where he says, listen, if you try to do this, you've fallen from grace. Like you're no longer under grace, you're going back to the law. So in Galatians chapter three, verses 21 and 22, the apostle Paul says, listen, I'm, I'm explaining this to you. And then he asks a question, is there then a conflict between God's law and God's promise? The promise is new covenant. The law is old covenant. Is there a conflict then between the law, old covenant and the promise, new covenant? He says, absolutely not. But if the law could give us new life, then we could be made right with God by obeying it. He said, if the old covenant was good enough, then we would have been made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we, all of us, are prisoners to sin. So we have to receive the promise, the promise that came, new covenant, God's promise of freedom. And the only way we get this freedom is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, not by your law, Not by your performance, not by what you think you can do right and look down on other people. No, the only way to be free is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Like you have to believe. New covenant is about believing. Paul then. Paul's asking this question, is there a conflict? He gives us the answer, absolutely not. It's not that there's a conflict, it's just that there's a difference. So it's not that there's a conflict between the old and the new, it's just that there's a difference. I mean, there was the old and now there's the new. The the old covenant served this purpose. and, And in the old covenant, you see all these types and shadows of the new covenant. And in the new covenant, in many ways, I already told you, the old covenant is the new covenant concealed, and the new covenant is the old covenant revealed. And so, so, yeah, you have the old and the new. You have to understand both. If we didn't have the law to violate, then we wouldn't acknowledge the fact that we were sinners in need of a savior. So Paul continues in Galatians 3. He goes on to say, now, if the law could give us new life, then we could be made right with God by obeying it. He's driving home the difference. And then he says, listen, at the end of the day, what he's saying is that the old covenant could not make us right, but the new covenant surely does. Finally, Paul says, but the scriptures declare that we're all prisoners to sin, and the only way to be free is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does this mean for you today? So what I'm going to do today is, instead of giving you a couple of major points with a bunch of subpoints, I'm just going to give you 15 quick thoughts, like just boom, because sometimes when I teach on this people are like, man, I still don't get it. What don't you get? I'm trying to make this as plain as I can. Like if you yesterday's message was very plain. like if you check that out, you should check that out. But still, a lot of times I have to give you one truth through many different facets. It's almost like a diamond and I have to hit it this way and then hit it this way. and I'm gonna show you what Galatians said. I'm gonna show you what Romans said. I'm gonna show you what James said. I'm gonna show, and so I'm gonna show you what Hebrew said. I'm gonna show, and, then, and, and then throughout all of that, then you're like, oh, I finally get it. And it's my job as a teacher to do that. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. You ready? 15 things. Here we go. Number one, the the primary purpose of the law was to show people their sin and in turn their need for a savior. We covered that already. I showed you that in scripture. There's many, uh, you know, several scriptures that kind of justify this. You should look at Romans 3 and 20 as well. But I keep driving this home. The primary purpose of the law was to show people their sin and in turn their need for a savior. Number two, the old covenant was never intended to be an enduring covenant. It it expired once the new covenant was introduced. And we looked at that in Hebrews chapter eight and how the Bible calls it outdated and obsolete. And so that's it. I mean, like, as a matter of fact, and some, some, like I said yesterday, some people don't understand that even the 39 books of the old covenant Uh, in the Bible are not really all old covenant, meaning the law. The law wasn't introduced until Moses. So there was a lot that happened in the Bible even before the law was introduced. And then when Jesus came from Moses to Jesus, that's the period of the law, the dispensation of the law. And now Jesus moving forward, we're under the dispensation of grace. All right. Number three, many of the new covenant truths can be found in the types and the shadows of the old covenant and so the new covenant is concealed in the old. So as you're understanding the new covenant, I mean, yeah, if you understand the new covenant and you read the old covenant, you see how the old covenant is looking forward to the new covenant. And there are many things from the new covenant that's actually like types and shadows being being concealed in the old covenant. And then number 4, as you read the new covenant, then what was concealed in the old is actually revealed in the new. And so a lot of the things from the old covenant looking forward to the new covenant When you read the new covenant, boom, it's revealed. And so you get like a full picture. That's why you have to read the whole Bible. You got to understand the whole thing so that you can get the full picture. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant is looking towards Jesus. And now when you understand what Jesus provided, you can get the whole understanding that Jesus ushered us into a covenant of God's amazing grace. Number five, as a believer, you have to understand both covenants. Look at me. It is important for us to understand both covenants. I'm not saying don't read the Old Testament. I'm not saying don't preach from the Old Testament. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. We read the whole Bible. I preach the whole counsel of God. But you you do have to understand the different times and dispensations, what was going on, what applies to us and what does not apply to us. And so so that you not you don't try to force something on someone under the new covenant that really applied to the old covenant. I'll give you an example people come to me and say, actually, Isabella, my wife who's watching, my wife was raised <laughs> in a church where women couldn't wear pants. Women were told that they couldn't wear pants. And uh, as a matter of fact, not only could she not wear pants, she couldn't wear makeup or anything like that. And so, um, and I'm not going to say anything about, about the makeup. I'm going to let that slide. But anyway, let's let's stay to the pants. All right. So women couldn't wear pants. Now, where do they get that from? They get that from Leviticus. In, In Leviticus, there's a passage that says women should not wear those things that pertain to a man. Oh, okay. And somehow they say, therefore, women can't wear pants. Well, there are pants that are made for women, and there are pants that are made for men. And as a matter of fact, if you want to stick to the text, when that was written, guess what? When that was written, men didn't wear pants. Think about it. Men didn't even wear pants back then, so it can't, it can't mean pants, right? It's meaning clothing designed for a man should be on a woman and vice versa. Okay, I got it. And so so there are pants that are made for women and pants that are made for men. Okay, I got it. But if you really want to stick to the text, how about you keep reading? Because if that applies, then the whole passage has to apply. In that passage, the Bible says that you cannot mix wool and cotton, in other words, like you can't have rayon, you can't have polyester on. And so, so, so people that say, oh, woman should not wear those things per- pertaining to a man have a polyester shirt on or a rayon shirt. I mean, how dumb is that? So I mean, like, are, you, are, are we going to go there? Like, I mean, you can't take a portion of it and then not take the whole thing. So you got to understand the old covenant and the new covenant and bring it all together so you can get a full understanding. And that's why you do need to be taught. You, you, you need someone who understands this that can teach you. Thankfully, God called me to do it as one of the people, but there are so many people that get the wisdom of God and can share it with you in a way that you can understand, right? You got it? All right, let me keep going. So if we didn't have the law to violate, then we would not acknowledge the error of our ways. So there was a purpose in the old covenant, nor would we call out to Jesus to save us from our sin. Let me say it this way. If you did not have rules to break and I came up to you and I said, hey, you need to be saved. You would say, "Save from what?" Think about it. If you didn't have rules, now if I come to you and I say, "No, no, no, no," you, the the law is holy, right? The the law of God is holy. So, so you have to understand the law. Have you ever sinned? Uh, w- w- what is sin again? Let's look at these rules. Okay, have you ever broken any of these? Ooh, yeah, I have. Have you broken any of these rules? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you sinned, Yep. So you deserve punishment. I, I guess. Okay, so now you know you need to be saved. You need to be saved because you broke these laws. But if there was no law to break, and I come up to you and say, hey, you need to be saved, they'll be like, saved from what? Like, I'm a good person. You know how everybody thinks they're a good person, right? You you come up to anybody, hey, are you going to heaven? Oh, I think I'm a good person. Yeah, see, now <laughs> you're trying to judge yourself by yourself. And so, no, no. But if I if I put a ruler, no, let's look at these laws real quick. Uh, have you ever oh yeah have you ever mm, uh-huh okay well then by these rules you should go to hell oh snap I don't put it like that but no I'm saying yeah so now that you've broken rules now that you know that you need a savior okay now I can talk to you about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ like okay Adam Adam had this 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 big old we call it a garden it was like a forest it was fed with four streams he had all of these trees to eat from but he had one rule right? And he broke the one rule that he was given. Now, the reason why it was sin is because there was a rule. Now, if if the rule was not in place, then Adam could have eaten from that tree and it would be cool. Why? Because there was no rule. So when there's no rules, you can do whatever you want. But then when we put the rules in place, oh snap, and now you violate the rules, now you've broken something, now you need grace, now you need mercy, right? So in short, if there were no rules, we, couldn't, we could not sin. That's why 1 Corinthians 15 and 56 says, the law gives sin its power. Let me say that again. The Bible says, the law, the rules, gives sin its power. The power of sin is found in the rules. Why? Because without the rules, I can't sin. Because without the rules, then what I'm doing is not wrong. You got it? I'm trying to take my time, make this as easy as possible for you to get it. Let's say, for example, right outside your house, there was a a, a road with no speed limit on it. You could drive whatever you want. And then one day they put a speed limit on it. Then what you were doing before, and now if you violate it, now you broke a law. Why? Because now there's a law. Before there was no law. So if there was no law, you could do whatever you want. You get it? All right. Number six. Paul calls the Ten Commandments. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7. I'm taking my time. I want you to get this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7 the Bible calls, the Apostle Paul calls the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone, the ministry of death. Slow down. Think about that for a minute. The Ten Commandments in the New Testament, the Bible calls the Ten Commandments written by God on tablets of stone, the ministry of death. Let that process that for a minute. So, the, the rules is called the ministry of death. So under the old covenant, you are a prisoner to sin. Why? Because when, when the rules were given, they're too holy. You can't keep them. Nobody can except Jesus. So once the rules were given, guess what happened? You violated the rules. And it was the ministry of death because under the old covenant, there was no way out. Under the old covenant, they had to kill animals every year as a temporary solution. So there was no way out. There was no freedom from sin until Jesus came. So now when Jesus came, when you exercise faith in Jesus and make him your Lord, and now, and you acknowledge, oh snap, I am a sinner. I need a savior. And there's a new covenant and there's a way out. What is that way out? That way out is found in a person and his name is Jesus. Now when I call on the name of Jesus, I'm born again and I'm out. And so now I'm no longer under sin. I'm under grace. You got it? Number seven, if you rely on the law, to make you right with God, then the Bible says that you're living under a curse because you can't do it. You if you rely on your works and I'm a good person, let me do this. And, and you know, and I got people in my family that are still like under this mindset. You know, I'm you know, they I go to the Dominican Republic, Isabella and I, we give out food or we're building this church or we're doing that, and they go, "Man, that's a good work you're doing." not. that's a good work. You should keep doing that, you know? There's no way God is not going to let you into heaven. What? There's no way. I mean, you keep doing good works. Good job. My aunts and say, good job. I'm like, no, stop. Look, I don't do this to to be saved. We do this because we're saved. Like there's a revelation of a difference. I'm not doing works because I want to be saved. I do whatever God has called me to do because I'm already saved. And so no, 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 no. There's a revelation of a difference. I'm not work. I can't earn. Listen, I tell my mama, I tell my auntie, listen, I can't earn my way to heaven. You can't either. The only way that you can get into heaven is by accepting Jesus as Lord. It's not based on our works at all. Get over the fact. Not works. It's not, I'm not, if you if you think that you're, I'm earning this, I'm trying to work for it, you're living under a curse. Number eight, if you take a portion of the law, and this is another one that people don't understand. So this is going to be Deuteronomy 27 and 26, James 2 and 10, Galatians 3 and 10, Right? So if you look at those three scriptures, watch this. If you take a portion of the law, even just a little portion, "Mm, but I just want to do this, you know, okay, I got it. Then the Bible says, if you take a portion of the law, you got to take the whole thing. You, You might as well, like if you take a, you can't, like you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit under the law. If you take a little bit of the law, you have to take the whole thing. And if you violate one law, you violated them all. If you violate one law, you're just as guilty as someone who violated them all. So you can't take a little bit of the law. No. And so then if you do that, Galatians 5 and 4 says, you have fallen from grace. You are no longer under grace because you're trying to be justified by the law. Paul says, if you're trying to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Falling from grace is not losing your salvation. That's not, read Galatians. Galatians 5 and 4 says, if you try to be justified by your own works, you have fallen from grace. You're no longer living the grace life. mm -mm, What you're living is a life based on your works and your performance. Number nine, the Bible says that no one who relies on the law is justified before God. Galatians chapter three and verse 11. Listen, you need to get these notes because I'm taking my time with this. This is really important. Galatians chapter three and verse 11. No one who relies on the law is justified before God. So if you're trying to live under the law, You are trying to justify yourself, and I hope you know what you're getting yourself into because you're not that good. You're not good enough, and nor will you ever be good enough. Verse 10, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3 and 13 says, listen, anybody who tries to be made right with God under the law is under a curse But guess what? Jesus redeemed us from that curse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, and then he traded places with us. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, he traded places, like Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd in that movie. He traded places. So if he traded places, why would you willingly go back into something that Jesus redeemed you from? Jesus became a curse for us. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. So why in the world do you want to go embrace a law that Jesus redeemed you from? Jesus died to redeem you from the law, why do you want to go back into a law that he redeemed you from? My God, walk in the freedom wherewith Christ Jesus has made you free. Number 11, I'm taking my time. Those who live by the law, focused on an external set of rules, those people live way different than those of us that are grace-based, living by the internal leading of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're going to be just led, I'm led of the Holy Ghost to do whatever, but whatever you want me to do, Father, I'm down for whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it. That's way different than living by an external set of rules. A completely different way to live. Number 12, the law-minded believer is attempting to please God with his or her performance. And then they're keeping an external set of rules they think they are, but they can't. And so it's it's the Ten Commandments are perfect. No human outside of Jesus could ever fulfill the law. So you're trying to do something you can't do. Stop, stop it, please. Like you can't do it. Number 13, the grace-minded believer is seeking to live a life of faith, right? as a, The grace-minded believer knows that, hey, I'm forgiven. I'm not perfect but I'm forgiven. So I can accept forgiveness in Christ Jesus. I can accept forgiveness. I can embrace the Holy Spirit. I can be led of the Holy Spirit to do whatever God has called me to do in this world. And so this person is looking to believe what God believes about them. And so whatever God believes, Father, I just want to be who you call me to be. I just want to do what you call me to do. I believe what you believe about me. You're not. I'm no longer under performance-based religion. I'm not trying to earn anything. I'm not trying to deserve anything. I know that I can't. And I, all I want is a relationship with you and you just want a relationship with me, and that's the only way the supernatural can become natural to you. You will never walk in the supernatural if you're trying to live a performance-based religion life. No way, because your performance is not good enough. And so so you, you will always fall into guilt and shame and condemnation if you try to live that way. Number four, I mean 14, I'm sorry. Under the law, we were unquestionably condemned. We were guilty under the law, but Jesus gave up his righteousness and took on our condemnation. So so God took our condemnation and put it on Jesus and God took his righteousness and put it on us. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 21. So God made Jesus sin who knew no sin and then God made us righteous who knew no righteousness. We traded places. And so, so God took my sin and imputed it on Jesus and God took his righteousness and imputed it on me. And so now I'm righteous, not because of what I do. I'm righteous, not because of what I failed to do. I'm only righteous because of what Jesus did. And that's what Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday are all about. That's why I'm taking my time. Number 15, last one, as I close. Through Jesus, the blessing of Abraham is now imputed on non-Jew, on non-Jewish Christians, on non-Jews. So before Jesus came, the blessing of Abraham was only on the Jews, but now because of Jesus, the blessing of Abraham is on us too, non-Jews. So why is that important? Because the blessing of Abraham was a natural blessing. Have you ever seen a broke Jew? No. Jews Jews understand that they're supposed to be blessed in this world. They're supposed to be blessed in this world. Now what they don't have is the spiritual gifts. What they what they don't have is, is the gifts of the Holy Ghost because they don't believe in Jesus. So now. The blessing of Jesus, spiritual blessing, we have that. But guess what? Because of Jesus, then the blessing of Abraham was also transferred to the Gentiles. So I have spiritual blessing, but I also have natural blessing. I have both. And so now I'm because of Jesus, I'm Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. And so I have the spiritual blessing, Jesus, the natural blessing, Abraham. I can walk in both. And there's no, and I'm not going to make any excuses for it. I'm not going to make any excuses for being blessed. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good, not because I'm good. And so now I can walk in the blessing of Abraham and the blessing of Jesus and give God the glory for it all. That's what Good Friday, that's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. And listen, I hope that you're enjoying this because I, I'm taking my time. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to break it down, Barney style, like my cousin says, so that you can get it. All right, so I want you to close this message out with a declaration of faith. I need you to speak this, prophesy over your own life as we go into the weekend. Say, Father, I thank you for taking the time to teach me about your amazing grace. I now understand the purpose of the old covenant. It was designed to show me the error of my ways, and it served this purpose. I already acknowledged my sin and my need for a savior. I called out to Jesus as both my savior and Lord. I repented of my sin, and I am born again. Now, as a born again, spirit-filled and faith-focused believer, I am no longer under the law. I'm under grace. So I resist every attempt from the enemy to get me over into condemnation. If I sin, I'm quick to fess up, to give it up, to get up, (laughs) and to move on. I repent. I receive forgiveness. I forgive myself. And I keep going. Sin has no power over me. I'm not focused on external rules. I'm just being led of the Holy Spirit every day in every way. I'm not perfect, but you do not require me to be perfect. You just require me to believe. So I believe what you believe about me. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. On Monday, I'm going to have another one, but get this down. This is a message you might need to listen to again. If you don't have my notes, you should want my notes, right? So go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all these notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me a favor, go into the the chat and leave me some comments if this message was a blessing to you. And then on Fridays, I do like to remind you that if you're not a partner with our ministry and you want to be, go to ripministries.org, click on the donate button and make a donation. All the donations in the United States are tax deductible. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing Friday. Please have an amazing weekend. Walk in the blessing. Jesus made you free. God bless you.